Hello and welcome to the Dad Whisperer. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Watson. And if you are a dad who wants to be a hero, then this is the place you want to be today. Because my passion is to help dads become heroes. And week by week, I bring you relevant topics that support that goal, especially when it comes to the dad-daughter relationship. Well, you know by now, the template is on your mark, get set, go. So dads, Picture yourself standing side by side, ready to run your fathering race. I'm your coach, and I even have a guest coach this week who's standing on the side saying, on your mark, that's the topic. Get set. We're going to fill that in with stories and stats, with research, with stories that touch your heart, and then go. We're going to end with a go step so that you can put your love for your daughters and your sons into action this week. Well, today I have a guest joining me named Eric Robison. And today he's going to be talking about what he's learned about being a single dad to three kids, two sons and a daughter. And I invited Eric here today because of the great respect I have for him as a father and a man. And I believe that what he shares today is going to be of great help to those of you who are in the same boat as him. Welcome, Eric. Thank you. I'm glad you're here. So am I. Well, on your mark, I've titled today's show, Mr. Mom, Single Dad Survival Strategies. I know that this is an important topic to address because I get emails from dads from single dads a lot who are struggling and overwhelmed. I even have dads in the ABBA project that are in that same boat. And I hear about how often you are wearing more than one hat. Is that true, Eric? It's true. (laughs) Wearing more than one hat. So that's why I'm calling this Mr. Mom. It's kind of like you're doing both a mom and a dad piece of the puzzle when you have your kids with you full time. And some of you have your your kids part time, but still you're covering bases that you wouldn't have covered if you were still married or together with the mom of your kids. Well, get set. Let's start talking about this Mr. Mom single dad survival strategies. And Eric, how about you just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you as we get started? Yeah, well, for starters, I live in Seattle now. So it's great to be back here in Portland. Uh, My family's been here for generations. My great-grandpa was a foreman who helped build the St. John's Bridge and the Bonneville Dam in the 30s. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. It's pretty cool. Um, And, you know, like my grandpa, in many ways, I'm a bridge builder, too, and a communicator. So although for me, this has been in regard to building people and legacy, I've spent 12 years as a pastor, church planner here in Portland, and then Honolulu and Seattle, but... Five years ago, I made the transition from ministry to talent acquisition. So now I'm a senior technical talent sourcer at the Walt Disney Company. Ooh, cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, in other words, I get to recruit engineers to work at the happiest place on earth. So it's <laughs> it's it's pretty awesome. And Disneyland as a job perk isn't too bad either. Yeah, no um, kidding. Yeah, yeah. So so it's it's fun to be here, but I'm mostly proud of my family and the legacy that we have mm. together. You know, Caleb's 21 already. Uh, Sean's 19 and Caitlin's 15, so I'm I'm a really blessed man. You've got your hands full uh, as, yes. as a Mr. Mom. Outnumbered with a puppy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, as you and I prepared for this interview, I was struck by something you said, and I just want to quote you back to you. How does that sound? Um, what you said was, I want my life story to be more than just divorce. And then you went on to say, being a good dad probably kept me going. So could you just share, Eric, a little bit about how those two realities go together for you? Yeah, you know, now more than ever, I'm aware that people, they just don't know how to approach divorce or support those who are going through or moving on from it. So really good-hearted people simply don't know what to do. So 
most default to distancing themselves in order to not have to deal with it. And for years, I had people either tear up or turn and walk away when I entered the room. And after a while, I just needed to be in a new place where I wasn't defined by divorce. Mm-hmm. You know? um, even church, like I say, good, good-hearted people sometimes you know try to get you plugged into divorce groups or even lead divorce groups when all you want to do is move on with your life. And do anything except talk about divorce. Oh, my. Okay, wait wait a minute. I got to go back to something you said. Did you say, like, people would shun you because you were divorced? Unintentionally. Wow. I think it was just the awkwardness and not sure what to say, what to to do. And and so, yeah. And what was that like for you then? Well, you know, I think it it, it, really, it just hurts um, when you're dealing with divorce and the wound of being rejected by a loved one. And then you have people that you know walk away in avoidance of divorce, mm. not you, but it still feels like they're walking away from you and your kids. So, yeah, it hurts. And I, I had to help my kids, especially my daughter, you know, understand that, you know, people care. Um, they're just really not equipped to deal with divorce oftentimes. Mm-hmm. And so you learn to let people go and you really cherish the ones who choose to stand by your side. And it, it really comes down to simply just learning to love people where they're at, mess and all. Yeah. I mean, if you, Eric, right now could say something to people listening that maybe haven't gone through divorce, but have found themselves in that awkward place, what would you say to them right now to help them move forward through that discomfort and not push you away? Yeah, I I think it really comes down to just being consistent. You know, just trying to be connect. who you were before. Just be who you are. And, and do it. say hello. And, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know, give a hug, yeah. uh, you know, and, and, and try to push through that awkwardness. Yeah, that's and, good. And just to connect, even just a kind word. Oh, I love it. Super practical. Yep. Well, another thing you said that really touched my heart was this. You said, my love for my daughter has helped me tremendously, you know, through this whole grief process, loss process, mm-hmm. divorce process. And I love that. And because, you know, I focus primarily on the dad-daughter relationship here on the Dad Whisperer, I would love to hear more about what you meant by those powerful words. My love for my daughter has helped me tremendously. Yeah. While I was dealing with the horrific loss and hurt within my own heart post-divorce, I was faced with the reality that my kids' pain needed to be addressed simultaneously. Mm -hmm. So as my boys, um, you know, I mean, they were teenagers and my daughter had just turned 11 years old. Uh, so it was reality for us, you know, going through it together. And as guy, as a guy, it was natural for me to walk my boys through their healing process. But with yeah, me, as a guy, you were like, yeah, we speak Martian. We get it. You know, we get right? it. Right? <laughs> yeah, we get it. And, you know, with my daughter, we've always been close, but I was faced with the realities of my own insecurities and hesitations to open up freely to her because of my own hurts in that season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in some ways I didn't really know how or what my daughter needed for me in order to help her heal through that level of pain. And that really shocked me since, you know, it came naturally for the boys. So I dedicated most of my energies to really growing and understand how to connect with my little girl on a deeper level. I really mm. needed to, to learn the keys to my daughter's heart. Mm, that's awesome. So I so appreciate you highlighting that it was really a different experience for you to walk through the grief process with your boys than your daughter, like you just said. So can you suggest, like when you were saying, okay, I just got, well, if you want to call it dealt this hand, right? right. I got dealt this hand of divorce. I don't have a playbook for this. 
Were there any resources, you know, because you, you said you've been dealing with this for about five years now, walking through this, any resources that were helpful for you that if any dads are there going, I don't know what to do either? Sure. That you'd there, recommend? Yeah, there were many, um, but for me and for my daughter, you know, it really came down to the Bible. Um, my journals through that process, of course, your book. Um, oh, yeah. thanks for the plug. I there promised I didn't set you up for that, it's, did I? Uh, no, it's true. <laughs> it's true. It's good. <laughs> okay, Dad, here's what I really need from you. Yeah, a right. guide for connecting with your daughter's heart. It's on Amazon. Go get it. That one. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there were others. Um, Wild at Heart and Captivating mm-hmm. were really good at understanding some of those dynamics. Uh, You'll Get Through This was a key one for me. Uh, Relentless mm-hmm. and also um, Unleashed. Was okay, those are awesome. Awesome practical tools, resources that you're suggesting to other dads that were helpful for you. Yes. So I would imagine that your kids could never hear enough from you that you would never leave them. Is that is that the truth? Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about how you were able to, through this process, reinforce to your daughter that even though she may have internalized, wow, you know, mom isn't here. I wonder if dad's going to be with me through all of this. How have you reinforced to her that you're never, ever going to leave her? Yeah, it took years of daddy, daughter dates, sushi, sprinkle donuts, shopping, (laughs) school projects, summer slumber parties, and more to make sure that, you know, she knew that I was there for her and I would never, ever leave her, ever. Wow, that is so profound that you're saying, I needed my daughter to know that I would never, ever, like put that in caps, leave her. And I trust that single dads listening today are hearing from you, Eric, that that is something that kids of divorced or broken homes need to hear from their dads and their moms as the foundation under them feels like it's crumbling, right? Yeah. 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 They're, they're going through, they're going through it. So... Uh, for me, through hundreds of hours of doing life together with with Caitlin, mm-hmm. you know, she ended up facing her fears, uh, very real heart wounds, lies of poor self esteem, and, and more. Yeah. And so, you know, my daughter now stands tall, knowing exactly who she is, what she believes, and where she's going. She's she is one of my heroes. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get teary here. Your 15 year old daughter is one of your heroes. Absolutely. Wow. How many dads? She's would awesome. say that of their girls. And I can tell you, she is internalizing that. She knows that is how you see her. And I'm telling you, dads, whether you have a divorced you know, situation or not, learn from Eric on that as your daughters internalize how you see them. Well, Eric, I would love to hear just any practical ways that you as a single dad have intentionally connected with Caitlin's heart, your daughter's heart, through some of the roughest seasons post-divorce. Right. Any ideas of things that have been helpful or worked? Sure. Yeah. Uh, it really, I think two phrases became pillars of progress for my little girl doing during those years. The first one was daddy pillow. <laughs> daddy yep, pillow. In quotes. Never heard of it. Right. Did you uh, make it up? I made it up. Okay. It happened right here. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you're sharing it now. I'm sharing it. Yeah. Uh, daddy pillow. Yeah. I really learned quickly. And my daughter, as a young woman, she, she didn't need a man trying to fix things every time she shared from her heart. Um, you know, I realized that my daughter not only needed a covering, you know, as a dad, mm-hmm. but she needed a safe place to be heard. Uh, so when emotions overwhelmed her at times, you know, and the tears started to flow and she didn't really understand where they were coming from, my response, you know, to rise up and strike down who or whatever was coming against my daughter <laughs> was... Yeah was disengaged by by five usually whispered words. 
I need a daddy pillow. She would and, say that uh, to yeah, you. She, that was our code word. Uh-huh. She'd literally come up to me and, and uh, you know, I would see something's wrong and she just she literally said that. A daddy like, nope, pillow. I need a daddy pillow. And so that was code for me to really shut up, uh, <laughs> open my arms and let my little girl lean on me, cry on me and, and just process her emotions and, mm. until she felt better. Mm. And uh, daddy pillow. I love it. So I believe that everyone who becomes a single parent is living a life they never envisioned for themselves. Would you agree? Absolutely. Like nobody writes that script into their story, right? Right. So when it comes specifically to fathers, I often hear stories of pain from single dads. And then like you said, you add in the fact that you're grieving as well while trying to help your kids process and you're having to work and you're having to fix meals, all of those things. So how have you been able to like, I guess I would say do your own processing while investing in your kids too? Yeah, I've always been off the charts when it comes to self-assessment. I know that's not normal, um, <laughs> especially for guys, but it's been normal for me. And it's served me well over the years. Uh, running and writing. Those have been the best ways for me to running process. Running and writing. Yeah, uh-huh. running and writing, uh, processing emotions, kind of navigating through life chapters. You know, I've been running since I was a kid and really journaling almost pretty much since 1999. Wow. Okay. Like you said, this isn't normal. And and I would say in my work as a clinician, even coming alongside men for eight years in the ABBA project, I don't tend to hear them come and say, I write out what's going on. So what would you tell dads that are saying, "Um, that's really not my thing? Okay. Good for you, right, Eric. Um, But any suggestions if a dad could learn from you in how that's been helpful, where would you tell him to start? Sure. And, you know, it's no secret that guys, you know, we don't like talking about feelings, especially pain. Um, We usually ignore it until we absolutely have to deal with it. Uh, So writing it down gets it out of your mind so you can move towards problem solving, you know, before a blow up. And it's really easy. Mm -hmm. You can you can really use whatever you like, a, a pen and paper, computer, smartphone. I even have a whiteboard in my room. Huh. Don't don't judge me. <laughs> it's whatever works, right? And uh, what do you write on the whiteboard? Because yeah. what if your kids see this? What are you putting on there? Yeah, I mean, oftentimes, I know it sounds a little weird, but, you know, I process through things, maybe life decisions. We make decisions together. And sometimes I, I even take a picture of it. Uh, sometimes I walk in, I have them walk in. We have family meetings. Around we what talk you through, write. Yeah, about some decisions that are coming up. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, really just process it, get it clear, clear mm-hmm. in mind. Mind. Yeah, and get it out. Yeah, Everything and sometimes, right, and sometimes it's really helping my kids. And so it's kind of addressing cool. the elephant in the room. Uh-huh. So that maybe in writing, you're putting more specifics in as you pour out your heart, but on the whiteboard, it's family things to be talked about, yeah. get it organized. Yeah, get it organized next steps and really just invite, you know, my, my yeah. kids in the process and have them speak to it. And then, you know, we can make decisions yeah. together as a family. Okay, so you said there's the writing part. You said running's been helpful too. How so? Yeah, as for as for me, well, my friends started calling me Forrest Gump in 2013 because I was <laughs> literally running a half marathon every week to ground my emotions oh. and to think myself clear, mm-hmm. you know, while going through the process of divorce. And, you know, I mean, I can hear my best friend pretty much ending every conversation that we had, making fun of me by saying, run, Forrest, run, and, <laughs> you know. Welcome to my world. But it, it worked. Yeah, um, yeah. It helped me process, kind of get out by myself and just, 
yeah. brown things. Well, you, I love that you're mentioning that because, again, I'm not going to go into too much psychobabble, but when we run, it's right it's right leg, left leg, right arm, right arm, right? You're, you're going back and forth in this. We call it bilateral stimulation. It's a right-left hemisphere kind of movement with your body that's helping your brain process. So it wasn't just that you were getting oxygen in or getting out your emotions. You're literally processing what's needing to be processed. So that's awesome. Well, did you ever struggle with bitterness and anger? We're asking a little bit for you to be an effective Mr. Mom, right? We're saying survival strategies. It sounds like you're saying you have had to do your own work too. Right. Not just focusing on them. You've had to put the oxygen mask, if you will, on you. Absolutely. How'd you do that? Yeah. Well, um, for me, uh, you know, anger and bitterness, you know, they're real struggles going through something like that. So mm-hmm. I ended up journeying through, you know, the classic cycle of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and then acceptance. And mm-hmm. it just spun all over again. And it was a process. So it didn't take very long for me to understand, you know, that I needed uh, to get help in order to finish well. And that's mm-hmm. important to me. So I reluctantly uh, submitted myself to a Christian counselor. <laughs> Yeah. No, Reluctantly, I, yeah, being the operative absolutely. word. <laughs> yeah, but I, I absolutely hated it at first, but um, trusted no one. But I knew it was the best thing for me and my kids. And so after trusting the process, you know, I was able to grieve, cry through my pain, and, and learn once again how to unshield in a safe place in order to receive the help I needed. Wow, I've not ever honestly heard that word, unshield. Yeah. Right? Men are taught, put it up, you know, put the shield right. up, you know, be tough, duke it out. But you're saying, I had to unshield. Yeah. That's a really powerful word. And I love that you're admitting, Eric, that you did not want to go to counseling. <laughs> right. You're like, I reluctantly went. But you're saying, now I see the benefit of it. So men who are listening, I encourage you, whether or not you're a Mr. Mom, you're, you're all a Mr. Dad, is... Take the time to look within and do it with the help of someone. Because a lot of times we can't do, right, something on our own. We don't do that in sports. We get a coach. Right. Why not do it for life and processing so you can be the healthiest and best version of yourself you can be. So let me just kind of now now talk about that Mr. Mom role. What has it been like to be Mr. Mom when that wasn't a role you ever chose or prepared for? It was awkward at best at the beginning, but um, I decided to be the very best dad that I could be without trying to be a mom. Mm. And that might sound wrong at first, but I don't think so. In fact, it really helped my kids and I to move on in a healthy way. My boys get it, but it's my daughter that I consistently think about. Mm. I mean, we're she's the only girl yeah. uh, in the Robinson family. Um, even our puppy's a boy. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. She's outnumbered. She is outnumbered. Yeah. So I often remind myself that my daughter, you know, uh, she doesn't have a mom right now, but um, but I'm a good dad. Uh, I'll never be a mom. And so I have limits and she gets it. She respects it. But there are areas of my daughter's heart that really needs a, a woman's love and insight. Mm-hmm. For those areas, I've learned to reach out to women that I trust, like my mom, cousin, and close friends, and give them permission to mentor my daughter and spend girl time together far away from me and the boys. Mm. Yeah, pedicures, yeah. Um, right? Manicures. The things you don't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hair salons, giggling about boys, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, I even asked my close friend who cuts Caitlin's hair to share more about a woman's perspective on puberty and body changes when the time was coming up. And, and you asked. Yes, I did. I, did we, Caitlin know you asked? Yes, we had our own conversations. Okay, all out in the open. Yep. 
and honest it was all communication. really good and honest and, you know, trust was mm-hmm. high, but, you know, I really had um, that level of relationship with a few um, women and she was one of them. And so at her hair appointment, when I picked Caitlin up, uh, she came out smiling with a, carrying a huge Disney princess bag filled with of all course the Disney. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, it was filled with all uh, all she could ever need to prepare for her first period. And um, okay, and we did say that live. It's we, okay for men to admit. We did. Yep. Yeah, I, you know, had to go there. Yeah, it's um, normal. It's normal life. And it you is. as a dad probably had to push through some discomfort. Absolutely. To but, go um, there. Yep. But you know that topic. Um, you know, believe it or not, there was. There was laughter and high fives and, you know, that's so cool because because, again, you're leading that it's okay and normal to talk about normal development things. And I think, again, for a single dad, you're having to go there where you wouldn't have if mom was in the picture when she's at your house. You got to go there. Well, oh, my goodness. We're almost out of time. I am going to ask you another question is. Could you just quickly share like a story or two of maybe where you got it right now being a single dad, anything that you've found that you've done that has had real impact to your kids? Yeah, staying true to family traditions. Uh, I took my boys out for a coming of age retreat when they turned 12. Mm -hmm. I took them to Portland, showing them all of the family history we have here and how they're like their great, great grandpa, great grandpa, grandpa and me, um, Mm -hmm. took them on hiking adventures in the gorge, shared running stories from my childhood and spoiled the heck out of them at Scamania Lodge (laughs) and swimming and eating until they passed out. And I love it. It was, it was so much fun. And then, you know, afterwards we spent time talking through life issues, like what it means to be a man, love, sex, babies, marriage, everything, just legacy and more. Yeah. Okay. How about for Caitlin? What'd you do with her? Yeah. You know, the plan was for Caitlin to have her mom take her on her own adventure a coming of age weekend, but that wasn't an option for us. So I decided to lead it myself and mm. make an unforgettable weekend for her. This is why you're one of my heroes. This is why I invited <laughs> you here. <laughs> it ended up being a really good memory that we both will never forget. She she got it even more detailed in Portland, you know, Rose Garden, Ace Hotel, coffee, mm-hmm. shopping, and more. Uh, we went hiking, had our own adventures up in Scamania Lodge. Um, so really, the, that weekend set the foundation for her healing and serves as a monument. You know, mm. she can always look back on and remember who she is. Yeah. You know, she's a girl and she's an instrument of God's love and purity. Oh, I love that. Okay. Well, looking back, what would you tell yourself, thinking back five years ago, what would you tell yourself as a newly single dad that you didn't know then, but wish you would have known then? Anything? Yeah, a few things. Um, this is not your fault. Uh, free will comes with a price. People mm. will not understand. Mm-hmm. Friends will leave you. Lies will be spread about you. Just don't focus on these things. Wow. You, I mean, you're going to the deep end here yeah. really well, quick. It's, yeah. it's it's for me, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, instead, focus on your legacy. Focus on the choices you have control over and make yeah. every single choice align with the dream of your legacy. What you Excellent. believe and do in this season will determine the trajectory of the rest of your life and that of your children. Mm, um, so you're, good. You're not enough, and that's okay. Wow. Okay, that's awesome. I mean, just that you're saying it's not your fault. You can make choices now, but you didn't have choice then, right? I'm not in a place where I wanted to be, but I'm going to make a choice now, and it's okay that you're not enough. That's so powerful. Well, I love to end every program with a go step. 
where dads have one way, right, to put their love for their daughters into action, their sons too. Could you offer one survival strategy that single dads can put into action this week to be the best dad they can be to their kids? Yeah, give the gift of time. Uh, Mm. Whether it's trail running with your boys or simply being a daddy pillow for your daughter, just give the gift of time. Which is easier said than done, isn't it? Yeah. It's a choice. Absolutely. You got to say no to things to be able to do that and say yes to to them. That's real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You you may never feel like you're enough, but what your kids will remember are the memories you spend together. And and that really is a thought. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I love that. Well, you've been listening today to Eric Robison. He's my friend who's a Mr. Mom, and he's been thrown in the deep end as a dad to three kids, and yet he's really worked through his own stuff so that he can invest in them. So the title today on your mark has been Mr. Mom, Single Dad Survival Strategies. He's given you practical ways to invest in your kids. Maybe you're going to do the daddy pillow or the, quote, coming-of-age treks with your sons and speaking into their lives about the hard-to-cover issues. And if you want to get a hold of Eric, how can they get a hold of you if they want to reach out? Email? Yeah. You What's can your email? Email me. It's uh, erobisons at gmail.com. Okay, with an S at the end of Robisons. You'd be okay if people reached out? Sure. Okay. And as always, dads, you can go to my website, drmichellewatson.com, where I have free resources. And if you've enjoyed this conversation today and would like to hear more, you can subscribe on the Dad Whisper to my program here and listen again and share it with your friends. And you can always read things on my website because I want to give you resources that work and that are practical. Well, thanks, Eric, for being here today. It's been a joy to have you. Thank you.